0: So physique changes or physiques definitely changed from trying to be skinny to now trying to be buff. (laughs) Essentially, I was like, I want to build muscle, you know, I want to get like the curves that you grow. So that's kind of what I'm going for. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to the Quiver Show. This is our audio journal about family, life, business, and the search for our best selves. We hope you enjoy. Oh, is it time for a G'day, everyone, and welcome back to The Quiver Show. I'm your host, Ash Crawford, and today we have a fantastic guest for you. Please give a warm welcome to Wendy, a personal trainer from sunny San Diego, California. With a background as an athlete and years of experience training with top coaches, your Wendy's journey led her to become a guiding force for others. She dived into the world of fitness, combining traditional weightlifting, functional strength training, and innovative techniques to help her clients look and feel their best. Wendy's mission is to empower both women and men, teaching them that strength is not only physical, but also a source of empowerment. Through her work, she aims to help others find their passion for fitness, health, and longevity. Hi, Wendy.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: <laughs> Pretty great. Thank you for coming on the Quiver Show.
0: Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to like talk today and just get into it.
1: Yeah, this is awesome. You have, you and I have, I guess, been friends now for a year or two through uh, Quiver.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that today. I was like, how long have I known you? I think it's been over a year now, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah and and I might have put this into uh, Wendy's bio, but Wendy is one of our brand ambassadors out on the West Coast and we cross paths through fitness social media maybe a year or so ago and um, yeah, so. yeah and we it, 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 Wendy sort of epitomizes the quiver, ethos and brand and um, I think, the video that we first saw of you was like a day in the life kind of thing where it was, it was like three fifty five. your alarm goes off in the morning and it was like to the gym. You like did a full breakfast. You like, went for a full day's work. You just had like so much packed in and we were just like, Whoa, like this, this is <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. And, <laughs> and like definitely, definitely resonated with us.
0: Yeah, it's definitely nuts. It's gotten crazier since then, but yeah, that's been my life for a couple of years now.
1: <laughs> That's—I think that that's a great place to start. So, you get up, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but you get up at four a.m. every day and you train, as well as working full time and a couple of other other things that you yeah. do.
0: Yeah, so I actually get up around three fifteen, and I get to the gym by four.
1: <laughs> okay. So
0: a little earlier. I know it sounds so crazy, and then yeah, I go work my first job, which is uh, in biotech, and it's twelve hour shifts. So I literally wake up at three, train from four to five thirty, head to work, work at twelve, get home, sleep, and do it again. <laughs> wow, it's a little crazy. Yeah.
1: That that is amazing. How long have you been doing that sort of schedule and rhythm for?
0: Oh my gosh, I've been doing it for. About two years now. So now it's become my normal, but I wouldn't say it was easy at first. Um, but yeah, nowadays, it's just what I do. I don't even question it. It doesn't even phase me. But when I first started having this routine, it was very tough. For sure.
1: Yeah, I bet. So yeah. why do you wake up at 4 a.m.? Why do you wake up at 3.15 a.m. to get to the gym by 4?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, fitness is very important for me. I have very specific physique goals, and I don't like to get in my own way of that. So I feel like I tried other ways at first, like only training on my weekends because I work 12s. I only work uh, three to four days out of the week, but that schedule just wasn't getting me the results I wanted. So I tried uh, working out after work, but as you can guess, after working 12 hours, you don't have energy to work out anymore. You just don't like the lifts were just not it. So I had to talk to myself and I was like, you know what, Wendy, your reality is you're just going to have to do it before work and you're just going to have to make it happen and i told myself to just stick with it and eventually it'll become routine and it did so that's kind of why i decided to do that
1: wow that's that's awesome mm-hmm. so it's driven by physique goals you said
0: mm-hmm. can you talk yeah, talk a little much.
1: talk a little bit more about what are those and and why are they so important that you were willing to change your whole schedule and sleep routine to meet them
0: So I've always been the type of person where if I have a goal, like I will find a way to make it happen, no matter what sacrifices I have to make. I really had to teach myself to not, not be scared of the uncomfortable and do what you have to do to get what you want to get. So I'm sure you've heard like be ordinary, then you get ordinary results. Well, well, I don't want that. Like I want specific results with myself. I find it important because, you know, growing up, I played sports my whole life. So I've always been in like the fitness world since I was a child And I played college sports. But after college, I fell off really bad. I was just so burnt out. Um, And for about a year and a half, didn't work out at all. I became so out of shape. I gained like 25 pounds, lost all muscle. And I just felt terrible about myself. Absolutely terrible. I was like, how did I let myself get here? And I just kind of reached a point where it was almost like the flip of a switch. I know that's like so cheesy to say, but it really was a flip of a switch where one day I woke up and I was like... I am no longer going to let this keep happening. I'm no longer going to make excuses and I have shown up to the gym every day since then. Or well, not every day, but consistently, literally since that day. So, it's more of like a promise I made to myself as well.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just like one thing. You didn't see like too many of the rocks videos or like a bad <laughs> breakup. You just it was just sort of a gradual. It
0: was all for myself. Yeah. All for myself, Ash. <laughs> made it happen. Mm -hmm.
1: So is there, is a, what is, what is maybe some of those specific goals in the gym that you're working towards? And I know for myself, like those change, like sometimes I'm trying to lean down or I want to like, it's basically the way I look at it is either you, you can lose, lose body fat and slim down, or you can gain muscle Mm -hmm. and, and gain weight, or you can maintain for health or basically a holding pattern until you want to move one of those two directions. So what is that for you at the moment? And
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Those goals have changed so drastically over time. So as I mentioned, I played sports my whole life. So before my training was very focused on only performance, not at all physique, right? So after I got out of shape, gained a lot of weight. I went through the normal cycle that a lot of women go through where it's like, you want to get skinny, you know, you want to slim down you want to get skinny. That's all that matters. I did that. And I got very, very lean, but I realized I wasn't very like super satisfied with that. I realized I missed being strong. I missed challenging myself and just working out just to stay skinny just wasn't satisfying for me. So I completely shifted over and I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to start bulking, gaining weight and try to build impact on muscle. And since then I'm sitting at literally over 20 pounds heavier than when, what I was when I was lean. So physique changes or physique goals definitely change from trying to be skinny to now trying to be buff. <laughs> Essentially, I was like, I want to build muscle, you know, I want to get like the curves that you grow. So that's kind of what I'm going for.
1: I've never heard it put that way, but that is a pretty <laughs> cool tagline, the curves that you grow.
0: Yeah, the curves that you grow. It's like I made those curves, you know, like it wasn't necessarily what I was like born with because anybody that's known me my whole life, I've always been very skinny and flat Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be realistic. Like I've never had curves. And so looking at myself now and seeing like the shape that I do have, it's like, it's really satisfying to see like I built that, you know? So that's kind of like what I've been chasing. And I'm sure you kind of understand too, because I know obviously you're super into fitness and I'm sure you have physique goals and a physique you want to keep up. So I don't know if that resonates with you, but that's kind of what I'm going
1: with yeah no I definitely and for those listening and not seeing uh, the video or the clips right now Wendy is in incredible fitness shape and every time I open social media she's there putting in the work and I don't mean like that Instagram I'm at the gym kind of shit it's like it's you put in the work and it's it's Mm -hmm. like the pain faces and all the like good sets the bad the like the tears (laughs) it's
0: it's yep. awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I feel like that's something I really translate into like my clients as well because my second job is personal training. That's what I do on the side, um, and I always teach them that it's okay to be uncomfortable. You're not always going to look cute like you see on social media, and you know, like a lot of people only post the highlights, only post the perfect. And so that's something that I've been trying to do differently with my page where it's like, I'm going to post the raw as well. Like I'm going to show you who I really am. I'm going to show you the ugly. I'm going to show you, like you said, the sweat, the tears, the failed reps, the ugly angles. And I'm like, that's okay. Cause that is normal. You know, um, I think it's really important to kind of reflect that as well, especially with this day and age that's really big on social media.
1: Yeah. Have you seen a bit of a shift in the culture around that? And I guess probably probably more specific, like, I guess, women's body goals or the attitudes, like, what do you see in, in society right now and social? Like,
0: yeah, I definitely do see a shift. Definitely do. Um, don't get me wrong. It's always going to be there. The misinformation, the only pretty angles, the, you know, it, that, that's always going to be there, but I have definitely seen a culture shift where women are starting to be more accepting of what, like, a normal body is now I'm, I'm a little hesitant with saying normal body you know what i mean because all bodies are normal just because someone is genetically blessed that doesn't make them any less that doesn't make their hard work any less but i think it's definitely become more normalized to not always be perfect you know especially when you're putting in the work because hard work doesn't always look pretty but it, it it's satisfying in the end so yeah i have definitely seen a shift there
1: yeah So do you, I'm
0: trying to be part of that too. So.
1: (laughs) Right. Which is, I think is an important work. And I think that I agree with you. I think that there is a little bit of a a shift and a realization of perspective that hard work and taking care of our bodies in a, in a healthy way and being strong. Like, and I don't know if it was because I was so close to CrossFit, but like strong Mm -hmm. is sexy. And like that, that being able to lift shit and squat heavy or like bench heavy or whatever it is, or, or do these dynamic movements um, is the new sexy. And it's like, oh yeah, like for, oh, wow. for, for guys, it's like who skip leg day and whatever they're, they're misproportioned. And like there's those stereotypes <laughs> or, or the girls yeah. <laughs> or girls that wear yoga pants that have never lifted a weight in their life. Like that's mm. fine. But I think that it's, it's been cool to watch some of the evolution around fitness and that you can, it's not one or the other. Like it, you don't Mm -hmm. have to look like a guy if you lift heavy weights. Like, it's so cool to see that change and, and people like you be at the forefront of like showing what, what it can be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's really been awesome to see how empowering it can be to be strong, especially for a woman. Mm. You know what I mean? It's very empowering. And what, what is sexier than confidence? You know what I mean? It's like, I think confidence is one of the sexiest things ever. So you're right. Strength is sexy. It makes you feel sexy. And it's amazing. It makes you look great. So yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. So mm-hmm.
1: how do you know when you're done with your goal to move on to the next one?
0: Done? Ash, we're never done here. Right. We're never done. What kind of a question is that? Right.
1: So like when you said you've got very specific goals and what, so what is that? Yeah. Like, how do you define what you're working? Like, because I asked this because like, I go to the gym and like, oh, like, yeah, I want to put on some weight, mm-hmm. put on some muscle, like whatever that might be. But then I like get bored with it or I lose momentum or I'm like, okay, like I did that for a while. Now I'm just going to like go on a lot of zone two cardio and I'm going to slim back down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So how do you like draw those lines for yourself? And like, how do you know what program to work with for the next few months or years?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a couple things there. So one, the way I program workouts for myself, I actually have a coach of my own. So I know I'm a trainer and I'm a coach for others, um, but I have a very busy life um, and it's very hard to look at yourself unbiased, if that makes sense. No matter how hard you try, you'll, uh, you'll always see yourself through a certain lens. So um, I got a coach to help me achieve my own goals. And I think it was also good for me to be put on that side of the training as well. It reminds me what it's like to be on the opposite side of training, not always the coach, but also be the student. And then in regards to physique goals, I want to grow. I want to get better every day. And I feel like the way I keep myself from getting bored or getting burnt out is that um, I don't always just kind of hyper fixate on the long run or on the final goal. You know what I mean? I focus on like the little things each day. Like I'm going to hit this meal perfectly. According to my macros, I'm going to hit this rep perfectly. I'm going to finish this set perfectly. And I feel like that's what keeps things stimulating for me. Of course, everybody's different, but I just find if you focus too far ahead, it can get overwhelming, seems like too much. But if you just focus on one step at a time, the literal assignment in front of you, it makes the process so much more enjoyable and doable. So,
1: Yeah. No, that makes... That's the way I see it. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think, like you said, everybody is different and you've got to find that intrinsic motivation, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Not like, I want to look like somebody else or I want to do this for XYZ. It's like find that reason to get out of bed in the morning.
0: Absolutely. And find multiple reasons. Right. You know, you don't always just have to have one reason. It's like your reason today could be like, Hey, I'm going to get up because I just really want to PR today. Or I just really want to feel good. You know, you could have a bunch of little motivations and yeah, along with discipline, obviously, but that's a different story.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No,
1: it's interesting. It, it, I'm sort of in a self-reflective state of flux right now in terms of my workouts and it's uh, fitness has been a big part of my life for a long time since I was training to compete at at golf at a high level or Mm -hmm. then if I got super into CrossFit and so now I feel like I don't know what I'm training for or what I want to do because for a long time it was like oh I want to get really big and strong or I want to get really really lean and I've sort of, I'm coming out of, of that, uh, actually a long period of just kind of maintaining mm-hmm. and getting by and I'm moving towards this thing of longevity and really long-term health. And I have this goal now of, I want to live to a hundred plus, hundred plus years okay. old. And I want to be active. Like I want to be able to pick up my great grandkid from the floor over my head. And I want to be able to travel on a plane with ease. And so, mm-hmm looking to some of the educators out there in the space, whether it's Peter Attia or it's Huberman or whoever else and be like, okay, if we backtrack from 100 years old and what I need to be able to do, what steps do I need to do now in my 20s, 30s, 40s to be on that path, Yeah, to be able to do that. And so I've sort of started to gear my my training to a lot more things around like cardiovascular health stability, some like power and balance and things like that, that isn't necessarily me PRing my deadlift or doing a bear complex with a heavy barbell, but can I move in a really efficient manner from, from head to toe?
0: I'm actually really curious about that because aside from obviously exercising and eating right, like, is there anything else that you do to kind of help you reach that goal, you know what I mean? Cuz for me, I feel like my life is gym, food. <laughs> right. You know, like that sort of stuff, and that's kind of like my bubble. So I'm actually really curious to see like, you know, what am I missing out on? Like what are other strategies that you have seen that make you feel great? I don't know, I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked. That's sort of part of why mm. I'm doing this podcast and we're sort of exploring some of the ideas that we do in these episodes. And mm. I I was asking myself the same questions. It's like for a long time, I've I knew how to work out, I knew how to eat in, in different ways to, to hit those goals that I wanted to do. But I felt like I was, there were some things that were missing. And, and a few years ago, I started to lean into some other areas. And I started going to therapy about six or seven years ago. And I started to explore different forms of meditation, things like that. And so what I did was I have come up with this list of 10 areas of life And Mm -hmm. I, I think that each of them hold equal amounts of weight in importance in living a really healthy and happy and fulfilled life. And that Mm -hmm. we tend to so often look to what we eat, how we exercise, um, as the core components, but it is really a sum of the whole. And so that's sort of the framework that I've started to look at, and and those ten yeah. areas are, I I've been adjusting a little bit, renaming, but they they're basically number one is family and what what that is your like family life, and so number one is family. Number two is what we do in our work life, and what are we doing that isn't a hobby that involves goals and. Adds purpose to our lives. And number three is sleep. Four is exercising, working out. Five is nutritional biochemistry. It sort of goes beyond just what you eat and drink. We've got to look at macronutrients, micronutrients, amino acid balances, sort of everything Mm -hmm. that the nutritional biochemistry that makes us up. Then we've got spiritual and mental health. And I almost made these two different categories, but we could sort of extrapolate them. To no end. So I think that having a spiritual practice and mental is, is super, super important. Obviously, without awareness around those, a lot of the other areas of our life can, can struggle. And then I'll round out the other ones pretty quickly. Seven is social life. I'm talking about friends and social bonds being a part of a community and leisure activities. Eight is sex, romance, and primary relationships, if you will. I think that in the Western world, those are, are really overlooked and a lot of the youth is undereducated around sexual health. Um, not only health, but sexual experience and power and, and the energy that is a super powerful driving force for both men, women, and, and everybody. Nine, money and finances – they just play such a huge role in, again, bleed into our mental health, our social life, our family, um, having an understanding or awareness of those. Ten, hobbies, something creative, a creative outlet. And then 11 bonuses, uh, gratitude.
0: I love that. Yeah. So- <laughs> what would you say is like your, your strongest – category, so to speak? Like, would you say that there's one that you're like, I am absolutely killing it in this category?
1: I wait, I thought that that was a question that I was going to ask you.
0: I'm just no. curious. We're learning each other here. <laughs> no,
1: I I love that. Um, what is my strongest category? How I like to phrase that question and maybe I'll, I'll flip this, flip this back to you real quick. I like to look at when I'm evaluating my life, I'm, I'm sort of looking at them, as a whole. And it's what are the little things that I can do each day to make a little bit of an improvement in the positive direction on one? And what can Mm -hmm. I do to negate some of the, the, the negative, it's almost like a vertical scale Mm and we've got green above the line, red below. And so with fitness, if you're working out and you have an exercise practice, that's some green above the line. If Mm -hmm. you're spending a lot of time watching TV, sitting on the couch, that's, that's going to be a below the line. So is there something I can do to improve and also negate the bad? So I sort of take a little bit of time to look at the whole, the whole, uh, list of those things and then rank them where I objectively feel that I'm currently at. So I like to look at, or something that I like to talk to people about is what is the highest ranked currently on there? Mm -hmm. So for me at the moment thinking about that list the highest at the moment is it's got to be sleep for me at the moment.
0: You are lucky. <laughs> well, you are so lucky.
1: <laughs> so I mean it's and 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 oh the way God. we phrase these it's like well it's not that I'm doing the best and these are yeah. these are arbitrary it's time energy your relationship to it um but I I've been putting a lot of energy into how I sleep, how well I sleep and realizing and wanting to gain some of the benefits of improving that.
0: Oh my gosh. Ash, hold up. Time out. Let's talk about this a little more because I am the epitome of terrible sleep. So, <laughs> so please give me some, I will say that's one. I'm all about like health and strength, but sleep is, has always been really hard for me to manage. Like, do you have any like quick tips?
1: Quick tips. <laughs> Just help,
0: help a girl out here. Yeah. yeah please. Yeah. Something I
1: haven't tried. <laughs> I think tip number one would be to listen to Dr. Matt Walker's podcast or read his book, Why We Sleep. Okay. He is base. Okay. he's basically the world authority on sleep research and just came out with a book maybe six months ago um, that can sum it up much better than I can. Um yeah. you, you get you get a couple of pages into that book and you put it down and you immediately start to start to try and sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's the the premise of of that is basically we in society we've undervalued the importance of sleep by we've got to be working around the clock mm-hmm. the less sleep you get the more productive the more successful you are and he basically goes into 20 plus years of of research around all of the biological physiological and mental happiness benefits of Mm -hmm. sleep and the importance of it. So we all know we've got to get a little bit more sleep. We've got to spend more time in the deep sleep cycles, the REM sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that had an impact for me was getting a device to track my sleep. I use whoop, but there's, there's, there's others out there. The Apple watch, the, there's a ring, um, the aura ring having something to monitor the different stages of your sleep and they're all pretty accurate these days then just got me to change my behavior because i knew i was going to look at the metrics and Mm. it would make me change some of my behavior being like oh like i only got 50 minutes of rem sleep last night and now knowing the importance of of rem in how i actually function in the days after would make me then implement some some little practices to to try and improve each of those
0: yeah, I love that idea. I didn't even know that there were such accurate trackers. I've always heard of these ways to like track sleep, and I was always skeptical like is that even really helpful? But I'm a huge like numbers girl. Like I like trending what I do, obviously. Like I do that with working out and whatever. Yeah. I feel like maybe I should try that.
1: I think that <laughs> you would get a lot out of it. I I mean <laughs> the, the Whoop's track the the wearable on your wrist, it tracks tons and tons of data across workouts, strains, mm-hmm. stress levels. For me I really love the sleep metrics waking up in the morning and knowing that I was laying in bed for 10 hours but I was only asleep for 6 and of that sleep I say 4 hours was was light sleep and then only an hour mm. of REM an hour of deep sleep and knowing the importance of of deep restorative sleep was eye opening to me because I was like oh yeah I'm in bed for 10 hours like I'm I'm good but you really want to be hitting three plus hours, four four hours of restorative sleep each night, and I, I realized that I was doing a lot of things that was was not helping that. It's like yeah. light pollution, just even from the the lights in your house, eating close to bedtime, you want to give yourself two hours before you start going going to sleep the room was a bit too warm. And so sleeping in a cool room, your body has to actually lower 1.5 degrees body temperature before it can enter the sleep cycles. So if if you're too hot or you don't give your body a chance to activate the cooling system by taking a hot bath or a hot shower, hot cup of tea can help that. It then turns on those cooling jets for your body to then induce sleep. And another big thing is what my fiance and I have done is no technology in the bedroom. So we don't have oh, phones in there. We don't have any clocks. It's they stay outside. We put those down well before we go to bed. That has been... you have a TV? Nope, no. No technology <laughs> at all on the bedroom.
0: Really?
1: No. Wow. Nope. Because it's, it really, we we read a lot or, or journal or talk to each other or play cards by candlelight. Mm-hmm. We even try and use candlelight in the bathrooms while we're brushing our teeth, mm-hmm. getting ready for bed. Doing mm-hmm. all of these little things, one mm-hmm. adds more connection. We spend a lot of time on technology as a society, so yeah. we try and go from 7 or 8 p.m. at night, and I generally don't touch my phone until about 9 a.m. the next day. Wow. Yeah.
0: I need to take notes from you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm already like making notes in my head, like, I am not doing yeah. that, but I should.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> so how how are you sleeping?
0: <sighs> Terrible.
1: <Yeah.
0: laughs> Terrible. Well, it's not awful. Yeah. Um, My sleep, obviously, I have a crazy schedule with me waking up early and all. And I used to get a lot of hate for that. People saying that I was like promoting unhealthy behavior because I wasn't sleeping enough. The first year that I was doing or year and a half that I was on this schedule, I would go to sleep sometimes at as early as like 730. That equates to about eight hours of sleep. And I was fine. Things changed this year just because I picked up in-person personal training. I'm planning a wedding. I'm getting married in August um, balancing friends, my fiance, family, it's a lot. So I would say the past like five months or so my sleep has gone pretty bad. I probably sleep like five and a half hours, <laughs> which okay. I think is terrible. But I also can, I can see now that you're talking about these tips that you gave me, I'm like, okay. At the same time, I'm also not doing everything I could to fix that,
1: you know? Yeah, I think that there's think it's
0: not impossible,
1: right? Like it's mm-hmm. for me, it's about maximizing the time that you do spend in bed, and it's like these things mm-hmm. aren't going to take away from your jobs or some of the other activities, but there's little tweaks that you can do in the couple hours leading up to bed that will have a a massive impact. And I think if you read uh, some of the chapters about muscle growth. And the physiological responses to sleep—you would, in a heartbeat, prioritize some of your sleep. It's—it is incredible <gasps> the science behind the importance of sleep. And uh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Education is powerful when you truly understand something, and it, it forces you to like pay attention to it more. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely interested in reading that book you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, definitely send me a link to that. It's it's one of those things, and that's why I sort of I,
1: I like looking at life like this list. It's like if you talk to a sleep expert, sleep is the the number one thing you've got to do. If you talk to a nutritionist, it's all about what you eat. If you talk to somebody who specializes in breath work and meditation, then you've got to meditate for three hours. So it's it's about looking at your own life and being holistically objective and being like, where can I actually make some impact? Where can I reduce some of the bad? Where can I add some good that that is gonna help me live a healthier, happier life? So it's hard to be like an advocate for all of these things. It's like, oh yeah, I wanna spend eight hours a day working on each of them. But in reality, it's like yeah. we have lots of jobs, but also I'm at a point in my life and we're, we're in a similar place in our lives. We're both getting married in a couple of months. We don't have... Yeah. um an immediate family or kids, um, that we're responsible for. So we, we do have a little bit of a luxury with some of our time and our choices. And so I sort of feel like I, I owe it to myself to, to not waste these like foundational building block years that, that I feel really fortunate that I've had some mentors or I've had some education or I've had people in my life who have been like, Hey, just a little nudge in the right direction. Like, have a little look into this this philosophy or or this thing,
0: yeah. and
1: then being able to work it into my own life. Yeah, it's a lot. So wait, wait, wait. So what's what's your highest ranked on that? I sent. So I sent Wendy <laughs> uh, Ashes Quiver uh, category of life list, mm-hmm. whatever we're calling it. Um, what's your highest ranked on there at the moment?
0: Let me see. What did I put? I actually have it pulled up in front of me. Family was high ranked. I put like a nine out of ten. Eating and drinking, and gratitude. Those were my top three. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: What is sleep was the lowest. Okay, yeah. So, like on the flip side, <laughs> what's your lowest ranked one or two there?
0: I would say um, sleep, and you know, this one's. It's like a. I put six for social life, but at the same time, I also feel like it's a ten. Um, <laughs> it's weird. So I feel like I. I'm very blessed being surrounded by amazing people. I really think that the people you surround yourself with have a huge impact in what direction you take your life. Right. Very blessed with amazing people. But I put a six because I don't think I prioritize my social life enough just because I'm just in like this weird grind mode this year. And like, I'm very lucky that my friends are understanding. This is a temporary lifestyle, like this craziness that I'm having, but it's because we have specific goals. Like, saving for the wedding, trying to make extra cash for that, saving for a house, yada, yada. But yeah, I would say that was one of the lowest just because I wish I could make more time for it or be more intentional with connecting with my closest friends a little more than I have been. Yeah. For sure.
1: That's, and, <laughs> and that's with, with these questions, it's sort of like, it's your relationship to it and your, where you want it to be. So for my brother, his social life, when we went through these questions and we sort of use them as like a monthly check-in with ourselves and each other, his social life was very, very low, but that's exactly Mm. where he wanted it. So it's like,
0: oh (laughs) right? So it's (laughs) like, he he
1: loves to be alone in the woods or to be with his daughters. And so the fact that his social life is a two or a three is is on point for where he wants it to be. I think that- Yeah, that
0: makes sense. Everyone has different- uh, priorities right like
1: right. so I think I it's it's that. more about like what yeah what is on that list that you feel like you're neglecting to the point where it's it's sort of being detrimental to some of the other areas of your life
0: yeah
1: so it sounds like you got a little yeah. bit of you got a little bit of sleeping to do
0: <laughs> a little bit I have a lot of sleeping to do <laughs> I'm definitely working on it. We're working on it. Um, It's getting a little better, but I'm going to use some of the tips you told me. And I'm actually really like interested in one of the points you made earlier about how in the book, the author mentioned that sometimes we get so wrapped up in this like grinding culture, like the earlier you wake up, the like harder you're working, yada, yada. And you know, you're like an entrepreneur. I feel like you have a lot going on. How do you keep yourself from like getting wrapped up in that like lifestyle that's just so circulated around us, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've got a lot of different things going on. And when I when I say them out loud, I'm like, oh shit, like I do. But then at the same time, I also feel like mm-hmm. I also don't have anything going on and I've got so much capacity and free time. So it's this weird Juxtaposition, mm-hmm. and I think that I've always moved really quickly, and I I yeah. operated a high frequency, and it's only increased with some of the work that I've been doing around sleep and nutrition mm-hmm. and um, some of the Taoism sexual health stuff that I've been doing. It's like I feel like I've just like full of full of bullets. I got I got energy, yeah. and I think that I still I really struggle with organizing my day and my time between all of the different creative outlets that I have or the jobs that I do. But when you break it down, it's it's not actually that much. And what I feel happens when I'm not performing optimally is I get distracted by my phone or social or other people's agendas, emails, these things. But when I'm able to prioritize my Wants and needs for that day or that week that things can go really smoothly, and you can be really, really productive with a short period of time, cutting out as much of the the wasteful time as possible has been so, so rewarding. I just like to do a lot of different things. I realized early on that I don't want to sit behind a regular desk and spend my life
0: of cool stuff yeah,
1: i I guess so. and I I also, the more I think about life from a much bigger perspective, if I'm able to take a breath and step back from the day to day, and this is something else that I've been doing for about the last year or so, is I really wanted to, I read something about us not being able to have original thoughts due to the amount of information that we're taking in from mm-hmm. the radio, phones, social yeah. media, we're bombarded with other people's ideas and opinions and perspectives. And that now I've been protecting from six to 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. for original thought. And what I mean by that is I, I put on my shoes and I, I head out the door for a slow run, a little shuffle. Sometimes I, I go 10 minutes, sometimes I go 30 and i spoke about this a little bit before but then come back in and do a little bit of movement um a little bit of gym work i spend some time journaling and something that's been really productive for me is i thought that i had to do a lot of writing i i i i need to sit down i have to journal i need to make sure that i get all these thoughts out but what i found for me and that i really encourage anybody to try is sit down with a couple of pieces of paper and one Just immediately write down all of the thoughts that are in your head. I've got to go shopping. I've Mm -hmm. got to do this for work. I got to remember to send this. All of those things. Just get them quickly. Just get them all down on the page. Empty your mind and then go to the second page, the blank page. Close your eyes, take some deep breaths, sip some coffee. You haven't looked at your phone yet. You haven't looked at any technology and just breathe and sit and see what comes up. And Mm -hmm. I found that after about 15 minutes, Sometimes shorter, you almost pass through a doorway. And I feel like my mind is just like, oh, we get to breathe. And hey, mm-hmm. here's some thoughts. Here's some ideas. Sometimes I draw a picture. Sometimes I make another to do list. Sometimes mm-hmm. I write a short story or a blog post that I'll never publish. Mm-hmm. But it's this beautiful 30 minutes or so that I've really been trying to protect. And that, to answer your question, when I then step into my work day, answering emails, organizing Quiver production runs, whatever the day to day is, I can look at it with some perspective that, hey, this, this is life. This is, this is what we're doing. It's like, yeah, it might be a busy time, but it's like, I'm not, I don't want to work and work and work and then get to the end of my life and be like, oh, I just did that one thing. I want to enjoy it mm-hmm. along the way like I have this cool innovative coffee and tea company with my brother like this is the work mm-hmm. like whether we're making any money or not like we get to show up every day and create and bring products into the world that we think add value and that's really cool and that's that's how I want to be spending my time.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love that you just backtracking a little bit to the journaling. I love that you said that sometimes you literally give yourself 15 minutes to sit and slow down and then let thoughts like kind of process. Cause I feel like with everything moving so fast around us, a lot of people don't take the time or they don't even have the patience. Have you noticed that? Like people just don't have patience anymore. Like they can't just sit there in their thoughts for more than 30 seconds. Like that's actually like a thing. Um, I'm getting too. Actually, (laughs) I heard that little the sizzle, and I'm like, that sounds great right now. Um, Yeah, everything's just so fast. It's so hard for people to just give themselves a couple moments to themselves. And I remember when I first started journaling, one of the things I struggled with was, what the heck do I write about? Like, what thoughts do I even like think? And I had a teacher who gave me this one tip once for when it comes to those that want to get into journaling, don't know where to start, don't know what to write. She had me practice, I think it was like a two, three minute practice, where she had me put the pen on the paper and it doesn't matter what it is, start writing words. I don't care if it's like blah 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 he he ho ho, whatever. But she's like keep writing words because eventually those words will turn into thoughts and sentences and it just kind of gets the ball rolling. And um, I don't know, I learned that literally in high school and I've been doing it since then, and so it really helps kind of like get the ball rolling and gets me to like zone in to like have that moment to myself and have those original thoughts. Like you said, I don't know. I just thought I'd share that little tip because it really helped me. And I thought it would help somebody who's trying to get into journaling doesn't know where to start. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that, that is a great tip. And I think that part of it is, is Seth Godin calls it the practice you've just got to do. And the only way to, Solve a problem, get better at something, create something is to do the work, and yeah. whatever you can do, whether it's to do with family, spend just spend time with your family, do the work, or it's therapy, or it's journaling, or it's meditation. Like the only way yeah. you can do it is to do it. And you touched on the point of people can't; they they don't have the attention and. You see it all the time it's you people switch between apps on their phone and and cycle back and I'm I'm guilty of that myself but being able to sure. step back from that put the technology down and connect with people and yourself I think is the skill one of the skills I really want to lean into because I think it's only going to get more and more important as
0: mm-hmm.
1: we see technology play an even greater role in in every moment of our lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like technology, it brings us together in so many ways, but it also tears us apart really (laughs) makes people disengage from reality. Sometimes I'm like, go out and socialize instead of scrolling on your phone in the couch. Like you said, like use your time wisely to do fulfilling things. Yeah. 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 Or or don't,
1: but yeah, (laughs) I don't don't care what anybody else does other than like (laughs) my immediate family and, and even then it's like they can do what they want to do. So it
0: Yeah. And you've probably
1: found this as well, is like in anything, it's like, I don't have it figured out. It like, yeah, sure, it might look like I I do a million things or I've got all of these ideas around sleep or meditation. It's like, fuck no. It's like I'm just trying to figure it out. But what I have figured out is I know that I wanna try. Like I want to do everything that I can to make the most of this and i think having that overlaying gratitude for for being here for getting this chance to like rock through life and meet the people and do the things yeah i just i just makes me feel like i want to make the most of it yeah i love that so i i'm curious as a personal trainer right? You're a, you're a fitness coach. You, you do a lot of training yourself. What are your thoughts on THC and cannabis and like mushrooms and psilocybin in weight training and
0: overall? (laughs) Uh, All jokes, but um, jokes aside, I haven't tried many of those things. I am personally, I'm not opposed to it. I actually think It's an experience we should all try. Yeah. Um, And I plan on it. The only thing that I do is THC consistently. And I actually find that it's very common in the fitness industry, honestly.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I see that it's extremely common. Like, personally, I love it. It helps me with stress. It helps me zone in at the gym. Like, and it it makes me happy. All right. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I actually don't have... Bad opinions on those things at all. Yeah,
1: yeah. So have you tried those? So yeah, so so yeah. I, like mm-hmm. edibles or smoking weed and then hitting a big workout. Is that yeah? Huh. I I haven't done that. I
0: love it. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, you haven't. You should definitely try. Honestly, it could be like a mental thing, you know, like a little placebo effect. But I and others that I've talked to. I honestly feel like smoking a little bit or taking like half an edible, just a little bit. It just kind of like makes you in tune with your body. And so it makes the lifts like much more, I don't know, crisp, if that makes sense. Like you just, you just feel like everything that you're like focusing and working on better, you know, but everyone's different. I mean, obviously there are people that aren't into that. Um, But I find with myself and my friends that we enjoy it.
1: So, yeah. So if
0: you haven't tried it, I recommend it. <laughs> that's
1: interesting to hear that it's more prolific than I thought in the fitness industry. So, you know, a number of people who train pretty consistently and successfully,
0: huh? Yeah, I would say in my experience with the people I know most do, I think it's just one of those things that it used to be so taboo you know, to like smoke weed. And then the past few years, it's completely changed. And so I feel like it's always been there. It's just a matter of like people being more comfortable talking about it. But yeah, it's very, very present in the fitness industry, in my opinion. So Yeah.
1: It's super fascinating to (laughs) see. I think that I probably had a pretty stereotypical experience with drugs and I, I never did any all through like i grew up in the weed capital of australia like byron bay and like nimbin and the surrounding area was like people came from all over the country to like get the weed that was there and i never like i i might have tried it like once or twice when i was like 13 or 14 and was like this is not it it was like and then i got into like competing at, at golf and in college we we i played at a a division one school down in Texas and we would get drug tested. So I was just got in the habit of being like, yeah, no. And I I took in all of that from the media where like drugs are bad. It's like the, the war on drugs where it's just so funny that the war on drugs was against mushrooms and cannabis plants. And they were just pumping out these pharmaceutical pills. But, Mm -hmm. but I think that that seeped through to a lot of our generation and was just like, oh yeah, like, Oh, yeah. it's it's hippies. You'll sit on the couch and eat Doritos and never do anything.
0: Or you'd like get into <laughs> gangs if you smoke right. weed. That's how my family was. It was so like, I had, I remember growing up, I had a couple of cousins that would, you know, smoke weed yeah. and they were seen as like, Oh my God, they're going to grow up to be in prison one day. They're doing great by the way. So mm-hmm. I, I grew up the same way as you. I yeah. like was fed all this information that like the natural drugs were terrible. Stay away from them. And I actually didn't start smoking until literally two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I think I didn't do anything. Same thing. It was, yeah,
1: the same way. It's like, I, I never tried any other drugs either. Like the what cocaine or, or definitely not anything harder through. I just, did, yeah. that <laughs> didn't, that didn't appeal to me, but I, I, not at all. <laughs> I, I lived in Las Vegas yeah. for a short period of time and and then I lived in LA and drugs were prolific, but I, I was just like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not, I, I don't want to eat an edible. Like I don't want to do mushrooms. Like I'm so, and then like the last couple of years I've, I've started to again, lean into the the research of some of these things. And mm-hmm. it's cool how they're starting to open up some of the research and Michael Pollan's doing incredible work in the space, um, with his Netflix series, how to change your mind and the books exploring MDMA, psilocybin, all of these different chemicals and how they actually interact with the human physiology and how mm. actually beneficial and impactful it can be in certain certain doses for certain people and so I got really sure. I've gotten really curious same as you the last couple of years and playing around with with what that is but i i still have had it in the back of my mind like oh i can't like get high and then go and work out like something that like that just doesn't add up in my brain but i think I'm yeah i I totally get it don't
0: knock until you try it just a little bit (laughs) obviously you don't want to be like completely stoned but it's like just a little hit
1: you know yeah oh I wanted to ask you this before while we're sort of talking about the categories of life and whatnot. Yeah. Have you ever thought about life in a holistic way, sort of encompassing lots of different areas?
0: Time out here, Ash. I'm like, what does holistic even necessarily mean? Yeah. No, like- (laughs) Because I hear so many definitions of it. Um, Just- To be honest with you, when I hear that word, I've only been exposed to it in like the buzzword form where it's like a very extreme- not very scientifically backed up yeah, yeah. form. So I think I need to educate myself a little more as to what being like holistic in general means. Cause yeah, maybe I have the wrong definition of that.
1: <laughs> That's a really interesting thing that I think we don't talk about. Like the fact that everybody has a different <laughs> definition of words, mm-hmm. like, yeah, sh- there sure, there is, there is a Webster dictionary definition of every word. But I think that a lot of us come with our own preconceptions, ideas, or slightly off definition about words. And that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: can play a huge role in, in communication.
0: Yeah, it definitely can. And I feel like obviously a lot of what our definition of something is, it has to do with the way we were brought up, our environment, all that stuff. But I also think that it is our responsibility to educate ourselves properly so that we can like understand like different perspectives and like understand what a a true meaning of something is to ourselves and to those around us. But, um, yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) That's funny. I, I keep a little pocket dictionary next to my bed um, because I don't have any phone in there. And so when I'm reading Mm -hmm. books, it's like, I always like to look up the words that I don't know. And so I've got this little I thought you were going to
0: say you read a dictionary before bed. I was like, Ash, why? Well, that, that's
1: how it started. I got up to G. <laughs> oh goodness, I read the dictionary <laughs> up until G. And then, um, yeah, talk about ways to fall asleep.
0: Literally. So like, <laughs> that's my sleep remedy right there. <laughs> but
1: that was it. was a fun game I played because I was like, I'm going to read oh, this pocket gosh. dictionary and see which words I don't know the definition to. Or I would like yeah. quiz myself and... Guess what it was, then read the actual definition. Um, yeah, but I found I was falling asleep far too fast and I uh didn't get to the books that I wanted to.
0: That's hilarious. Um, That's like me with meditation. I've tried so many times, I just fall asleep. <laughs>
1: just I think that you're just tired it
0: work for me,
1: <laughs> Wendy. You were just That's tired.
0: It. I was tired and I relaxed, and my body is like when you sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's- yeah. That's
0: something that I do want to practice This meditation. I love that you say that you do that because I've tried and it just can't seem to get it right. So
1: <laughs> I've been, yeah. I've been reading a lot about different forms of meditation or different religions in terms of their philosophies on getting to that state because sort of There's lots of different ways to meditate and finding the one Mm -hmm. that works for you, I think is important. So I'm in the process of that journey at the moment and what that, what meditation means for me and how I fit it in at the moment. It's just that short practice of giving myself 30 minutes without any other stimuli coming in and, and sitting. And sometimes I listen to my breath. Sometimes I don't even remember to do that. And I just stare at a blank page, but it's like a moment for everything to settle and, Mm -hmm. and see what comes up.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes like mushrooms or would you say psilocybin? Do you think that's a form of meditation? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Is psilocybin a form of meditation?
0: I don't know what that is to be honest.
1: That is like the, (laughs) one of the active ingredients in psychedelic mushrooms.
0: Oh, gotcha. Uh, Okay. Okay.
1: So magic mushrooms for those of you playing at home. Um, Mm. (laughs) I wouldn't, that's a great question. I wouldn't class magic mushrooms and psilocybin as a form of meditation. I think it can be used to aid meditation. Mm. Definitely. Like weed isn't a form of meditation, but if it's, if it's something that helps you get to that flow state or that meditative state, Mm. then it can be used in addition to.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Cause right. I've heard of people like trying it as a form of meditation and always like, I wonder how that works. But
1: it is a fine line between <laughs> meditation and spirituality. I think the, yeah. the experiences that you can, you can embark on and the journeys that you can take yeah. with mushrooms for sure
0: on my to-do list of 2023.
1: <laughs> All right. Why are you curious about, um, and you're talking about taking a macro dose of magic mushrooms because there's micro dosing, yeah. right? And then there's a mm. macro experience. So you're talking about thinking about doing a macro dose at some point.
0: We'll start with the micro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's something that I've always been kind of curious about. Just I've heard of a couple of people have really great experiences. I've also heard that you want to be in a good uh, mindset going into something like that. And I feel like I've been in a great mindset the past couple years of my life. Like, literally, couldn't be happier. So I was like, you know what? What better time to like experience something new, a little scary, but also like kind of exciting than now when I'm doing great in life and I can do it comfortably, so to speak. Yeah, honestly, it's more curiosity than anything. And I don't know if that's a satisfying answer, but curiosity is what makes life interesting, in my opinion. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I, I think it's one of those experiences that. I think that everybody should do once in their lifetime, and yeah. I definitely would stress having doing it in a in a very safe environment with a person that you trust and undergoing, a, yeah, some safe practices around that. Like, I wouldn't, like I wouldn't, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't advocate advocate for, yeah, <laughs> taking a bunch of mushrooms on on your own, definitely. But I I am an advocate of experimenting with things like that. Totally. Anything else? What are you what are you working on at the moment? Like in work, in your life, what are you what are you super excited about?
0: Oh my gosh, I feel like this year is a lot of big changes and risks. One of the main things I'm focusing on with my first job, biotech, we're moving up, doing great, trying to get into more of like a people leadership type of role and that's going freaking amazing. I truly work my ass off in that field. So I'm really happy to see the results flowing in with training. Obviously that's still a huge priority. Um, just building my business with that. And again, so blessed to say that that has been going incredible. It was a risk going in to that at first and it's been paying off wonderfully. And yeah, from there it's just start planning the future with my fiance. We get married in August and then it's just like, all right, big life decisions from there. And we're going to hold off on kids that's not going to be happening, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, just a lot of things going on with like professional life, personal life, definitely planning on seeing more things. I've been doing a lot of little travels and going to festivals lately. Um, I made that a big intention for the year. But yeah. A lot of things, a lot of moving parts, but it's, it keeps life so fun.
1: That's awesome. Congrats on the mm-hmm. the upcoming wedding. Uh, when is that?
0: Thank you to August, August August nineteenth. Uh, that <laughs> I almost forgot. I was like,
1: <laughs> you know, that's my birthday, right?
0: You're kidding.
1: <laughs> that is one of the best days of the year.
0: I will definitely like have a toast to you on that day. But, that's actually mm-hmm. one of my best friends' for, uh, birthdays too. So <laughs>
1: it's awesome. It's a great time of year. So
0: oh my gosh, I love it. Good vibes.
1: because yeah. <laughs> I uh, think we're nice. we're in a similar boat. Like Heather and I are getting married on July twenty second. Okay. So yeah. So we're getting close, and yeah, it's it
0: big things for us both. It's exciting, <laughs>
1: and I think that yeah, it's it's definitely an exciting time in in our lives. in In my life, for sure. And it, like yeah. I was saying, it if there's a way to find some gratitude and perspective on on all of the jobs that we do, and it's it's like yeah. at the end of the day, like who am I spending time with what experiences am i having mm-hmm. i think that that's that's what's really important
0: for sure i mean we i feel like we both live very cool and interesting <laughs> lives and it makes it so fun when you have like you know you have those people that to just live it with so yeah we're very lucky ash <laughs> i
1: i mean that's that's definitely not lost lost on me it's like i think that we we are super fortunate Absolutely. but at the same time it being able to Recognize that and and do what we can with it is is really cool and yeah I think I'm really fortunate to have my brother who's not on the show today in my life and and my fiance and and all of all of my other family it's it's pretty cool yeah
0: absolutely man look at us yeah. finishing with some gratitude I love like, it yeah I love it <laughs> that's perfect
1: all right if somebody's been listening along and wants to like get Into a slightly different shape than they are currently, or they want, they've got some goals to do with health and wellness. Where can they find you?
0: Yeah, so I have access to all that on my social medias. My handle names are the same, UNDG. My name is spelled very weird, so Ash might have to like spell it out for you guys somewhere. But yeah, you can find me directly on there. My DMs are always open, and I also have links to applications as well for those that are looking to get into um, the shape of their lives. But yeah, you can find me on socials.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, we'll put the links under the episode uh, show notes. And I can personally attest to Wendy's programming. Her and I worked together for quite a few months last year as I was preparing for uh, some photo shoots. And it was absolutely awesome. And I think that having, having a coach in your corner, like you said, like you're a really experienced coach, but you have your own coach. Yeah. It's so, so difficult to do to keep yourself accountable or write the programming or know what to do or be able to even look at it objectively enough to do what's best for you. And just having somebody in your corner rooting for you, guiding you, um, keeping you on track has always been super, super important for me.
0: Absolutely. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to be that person for other people. You know, it's fulfilling. It's definitely a passion. So blessed to be able to do that, honestly.
1: I love it. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next. Good luck in the upcoming summer and the wedding and everything that you've got going on.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. And good luck to you too. It was so fun chatting. Yeah. We'll connect again soon, right?
1: Awesome. All right. See you soon. Hey, Ash here again. Just wanted to say a special thank you for listening to the show, but also tell you about the Quiver Club. We've created a Patreon for our Quiver community, where we offer the largest discount ever on Quiver products, as well as discounts from our favorite partners who support us in our search for our best selves. By joining, you gain access to heaps of discounts, show notes, extra content, and a bunch of other perks. So if you're interested, you could head to patreon.com forward slash Quiver and join as an early supporter. This is a discounted rate available for the first 100 listeners. Thanks again and hope to see you then.